0: Welcome to Spark the Podcast. We are a group of Christian creatives seeking to connect with God and grow in our faith. We believe in the power of testimony and the blessings that come with being in community with others. Let's be honest, we just can't do it alone. We want to invite you to be a part of it, whether your coffee is running low or you're on the go. Come join the conversation.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Spark the Podcast. I'm Jenna, here with our other host, Amy. Hey, guys. And today, we have Megan Faulkner from Ocean Grove here on our podcast.
0: Hi, everybody. Megan, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so grateful. And um, if you guys don't know, Megan is a motivational relational change agent with proven expertise in leadership and programmatic development. She is a passionate communicator committed to the processes and ideas that result in transformation for ministries, organizations, and future leaders. She is currently serving as the pastoral director of Anchored Student Ministries in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, where she has been for 14 years. Her enthusiasm for ministry to teenagers and their families and the marginalized and the orphans have collided into a singular passion for seeing people encounter the love of Jesus and leave radically changed. Megan's blog, Joy in the Journey, depicts ridiculous tales of living a life filled with Jesus and His grace. Her podcast, Wife Me Up, It's Not What You Think It's About, and it streams weekly on your favorite podcasting platform. Aside from reading, studying, and teaching God's word, her passions in life include Haitian orphans, sunshine, people, and coffee, in that exact order. Thanks again for being here, Megan.
2: (laughs) I love it. Yes, of course.
1: Megan, I love your passion for coffee. I mean, I know that that is so something that Amy and I talk about all the time and McKenna. I mean, I think we're always drinking coffee. So yeah, <laughs> I think that that's,
2: I Do that's you know awesome. that some people don't drink coffee?
1: Yeah, my husband. I don't know how he does it.
2: I I don't understand. I want to understand. But also, I don't want to understand at all. Yes. because yeah, I just exactly. love it too much. <laughs>
1: Yeah, even when I'm shaking, it's just the taste, you
2: know, yes. there's just something about it. <laughs> One time I went to a coffee shop and um, got a cold brew, but they it was the cold brew concentrate, and they didn't add the water, and I am not kidding when I tell you I was awake for 36 hours because oh, I had drank, like, a cold brew concentrate. It was outrageous, but I loved every minute of it.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. I know I always want iced coffee and not the cold brew because cold brew tastes great, but it makes yeah. me, I mean, I'm, it makes me nuts.
2: Yeah. So. Correct. Same. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so I know Megan that you are originally from Delaware, but you and I actually met at, in Ocean Grove at Ocean Grove Church. Yeah. Um, I love Ocean Grove Church. If you guys go down the shore in the summer, they actually have A church service on the boardwalk, and it's so amazing. You can smell and hear the ocean, and it's just one of our absolute favorite things as a family. Um, And Megan, I I guess I'd probably heard you speak before, and um, yeah, and probably seen you around, but then there was this one sermon, and you just got up there and just spoke my heart, and Mm. you talked about identity and just having your identity be in God. And I was like, yes, like this girl gets it. Like this is amazing. And so (laughs) I don't know how you remember the story, but I went up after the sermon and (laughs) I just told you my whole story about the accent I had in college and everything I learned about identity, you know, when I was no longer a student and an athlete and a friend and like all this different stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, only having my identity be in God And then I actually shared that after your sermon with the whole Boardwalk service. It was like really powerful, really random. And then I was kind of like, okay, um, see you never. We didn't didn't exchange names or phone numbers or anything. I knew where to find you on Ocean Grove. But then when the book came out and everything, I've been like, man, I should definitely – reach back out to her she was amazing and (laughs) it was so random and i just need to tell her the full story (laughs) is that how you remember it how do you remember
2: that i remember it as a total move of god there is no other way to explain (laughs) what happened i was just talking to someone about it um The other day, and I remember speaking, being done with the sermon, doing the song after and during the worship song after the sermon, you came up to me and started telling me the story. And I was like, I just have to stop you right there. Can you share that? And you're like, Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I'll share that. And I was like, no, no, right now. <laughs> you like, right, right now? And I was like, yeah, right now. And that is very uncharacteristic of me. I'm not incredibly trusting a person. I trust Jesus and and that's kind of it. And so I was like, this must be the Holy Spirit because there's no other way to just like describe what's happening here. This is crazy. And you did it. You were so willing. You were like, yeah, I'll do it right now. And I was like, okay, great. And so after after this song, there's usually like a everybody have a great week. We love you. Enjoy your beach day and i was like everybody sit down this is jenna i just met her 17 <laughs> seconds ago and <laughs> she's going to tell a story but it was incredibly powerful i mean i remember talking with people after that for a long time, because people connected so deeply with the, you know, kind of lie of where identity comes from, and then the truth of where identity comes from, right? And your story was just like such an added testimony to the sermon that it it could only be God. There's no other way to explain that.
1: Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, like you just had the words and the verses and the truth, and it just like so rooted in the Bible and our faith and like all of that. And then I felt like, it was like, yeah. And then here's what it looks like, you know, here's like taking all that, lived <laughs> yeah. out. And that's what I love about testimony and I love about this podcast. And so we're just so excited to get into your testimony a little bit oh, and tell thanks. us a little bit about you and yeah. um, you know, how you came to be you in <laughs> <and> Ocean Grove <laughs> and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Megan, um, how, how are some of the ways that you've seen God moving in your life? Um, you know, what, what are some ways that you've seen him working in your life recently?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Recently, I have been very, uh, this is a vulnerable moment for me, but I've been in an incredibly challenging season, um, professionally and personally. And, um, there are a lot of days where I cannot get out of my bed without rolling to my knees and being like, Lord, what is going on here? Like, what do you want? What is happening? And this winter particularly was really tough um, professionally and, and personally. And I just kept being like, what, what is happening? You know, those moments in your life where you're like, this is the opposite of anything I had ever pictured. <laughs> like what is mm-hmm. going on here? Yeah. And it was just a season where I couldn't count on anything except for Jesus. And he was the only constant and the one true thing and um, everything else in my life this past season and I'm coming out of it now, thank God, thank God, thank God. but everything seemed really chaotic except for him, right because he is peace and so I just was so dependent upon him in this past season of my life that um, I was desperate to see him move and I did see him move and i'm I'm so grateful for just his kind of companionship and his constant presence um, because I needed it desperately.
0: Yeah. How did you feel God draw close to you, you know, in those moments where you would like roll out of bed and roll, you know, directly on your knees? How, um, how did you feel his peace and, and see him moving in such a difficult situation.
2: You know, there is some kind of assuredness that comes from the presence of God, right? Like you mm-hmm. there's like a thing in your gut that like you know that you know that you know that this this presence is there and with you and and his presence, you know, is yes. is there and with you and um the world around me was so insane. And the peace within me was so opposite of that, that it was just Mm -hmm. undeniable. And I mean, there were things that I couldn't have imagined and th- happening that I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? Like thing after thing after thing that it just seems so intense, but the knowing, like experiencing the knowing is something mm. that is just so, so real. And, and listen, like it's hard and it didn't happen every minute of every day. Right. Like right. we, we want it, we want Christianity to be this like buttoned up thing, where Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice over here. Well, it's not always nice over here. Like sometimes it's really, hard and really difficult and really painful. Um, But God is not those things, right? Like the world is those things. The world is difficult and the world is hard and the world is painful and the world is chaotic. Those are never words we use to describe God and his presence. And so if I could focus on him and him alone, I was able to be really grounded and really peaceful and just kind of walk through this really difficult season with a ton of integrity Mm -hmm. that looking at this situation from a worldly perspective, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, and I shouldn't have had, <laughs> but right. I knew that I was able to do that because of his presence. So yeah, it's just like that knowing in your gut where you're like, Nope, he's here and this is what I'm doing. And this is how I'm going to respond to today.
1: Yeah. I love that. You know, our verse as spark the podcast this year is revelation 12, 11, and mm. they defeated him or the enemy, you know, by the blood of the lamb mm-hmm. and by the word of their testimony.
2: That's right. And,
1: what I think I love about what you just shared is, um, you know, encountering the blood of the lamb and encountering
0: yeah. Jesus'
1: sacrifice for us, encountering the work that Jesus did yeah. on earth and on the cross for us, yes. looks a lot of times like crawling out of bed and going to your knees. So it's <laughs> that very personal element, yep. you know, and it's that very, um, yeah, the relationship with Jesus, you know, sometimes can look lonely, but it's so not lonely when you get into that place. So I love, I love that kind of behind the scenes look at that. (laughs) The second part of that verse is, um, you know, talking about testimonies and talking about, you know, how you did that and how maybe Amy did that in her life or how I may have done that and stuff like that. Um, And so one of my favorite things to hear from women of faith is how they came to faith in Jesus. Mm. I think a lot of times, You know, I notice even on social media, I'll get DMs and say, "You know, you talk about this faith in Jesus, and you talk about this person that you know, but how do you actually know that person, and how do you Mm -hmm. actually enter into that relationship?" So I would love to hear how you came to faith in Jesus and how, wherever you were at when you started um, your relationship with God, and what that looked like.
2: Yeah, um, great question. I. Right, because it can be relatable, and I, we're just supposed to always be prepared to give an answer for that hope. And I, I know that I love Jesus today because I had two praying grandmothers. That's mm. what I know, and I know that God hears the prayers of of people. But I think there is something. Sp- about a praying grandmother. There's no biblical foundation or basis to that. I have nothing except that I know that like the grandmas are close to God's heart and he hears them. And I think they're just so close to his throne, you know, like those women have been in it and in the thick of it for years. So I had two praying grandmothers who um, just wanted their families to know Jesus. And I grew up culturally Christian, right? We were Christian because we weren't something else. And um, I grew up in kind of a small farm town where, that's just what people were. Um, But we did, I wasn't raised in the church. I went, we went when we were little, my family, and then we became priesters, you know, we would go at Christmas Eve and we would go at Easter, but we never really spent time there. Um, Otherwise, and we were busy people, you know, we were in sports and activities and all sorts of things on the weekends. And um, so church just wasn't a, a part of my a prominent part of my childhood. It was culturally, and it was the right thing to do. And we got Easter dresses. And, you know, I my parents, my mom loved Jesus especially, but um, you know, it was just kind of just doing it because it was a cultural thing. And then when I was in high school, um, the church down the street, which was our church, um I again grew up in a small town, so there's like seven, you know, places to go, and that was yeah. one of them. And um I got a cold call one night and my, my dad was like, there's some guy on the phone from you from, from the church. And I was like, what? Like <laughs> we didn't go to church. So I, I was like, hello. And he said, Hey, my name's Craig. And I just want to let you know that we're starting a youth group, um, at the church and, um, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of explained it and he would really love for you to come and it's this day and this time. And, and man, it would be so fun to meet you and see you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, thanks so much. We hung up. I had no idea what youth group meant. Those were like words that were so foreign to me that I just had no understanding of that at all. Right. Um, but I called my, my best friend, who's also my cousin. And she was like on the rolls at the church or whatever too. And so she got the same phone call and she was like, yeah, we actually met him and we had to go take pictures for our church directory. Like wh- what are those even, you know, like all of <laughs> these like foreign words, I felt like I was like in a different planet and I was like, I think we should go. And she was like, okay. And I was like, we should at least just go once. I don't know what it is, but he said it's for like kids our age. And she was like, all right. So I distinctly remember that we went to a party the night before we were, we were, um, we were good kids, but we, played teenage games and so (laughs) we went to went to a party the night before and then um, the Sunday that there was youth group the first youth group we went together and we walked in and this guy was there and he was like what's up I'm Craig like really like fun and kind of filled the room and we played games and then we never turned back and my cousin and I is my best friend we just we kept going and this place was so winsome and so real and Um, so kind and loving that anything else we encountered outside of there couldn't match up. And so my sophomore year of high school – I was at my youth group Christmas party, my first one, I didn't, you know, I had no idea what that meant. And I was at the youth group Christmas party. And I remember my youth pastor, Craig, and his wife, Nancy, telling us, you know, like, Jesus is real, and he's the real deal. And if you want to live abundant life, a really full life, if you're looking for something, this is the best gift, you know, you could ever get in your whole entire life is eternity with him. And that just felt real to me like in that moment i just knew and so i prayed this prayer with craig and you know did the whole sinners thing got saved you know received jesus and it has been an absolute wonky wild ride since then it's not (laughs) rainbows and butterflies and sunshine like people maybe tell you it is um but yeah that's the story of you know just getting saved because somebody else was obedient, right? Like Craig and his wife, Nancy, were obedient to the call in their life. And my grandmothers were obedient to the call to lead their families, you know, it well and, and in the Lord. And, and as a result, I get to live forever.
1: Wow, that's, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah, been... first shout out to my grandma, Dorla. She's definitely a praying <laughs> grandmother. She's gonna be 88 this week. Come on, Grandma. Um, and she, yeah, and she, um yeah, she just like
2: prays for all of us all the time. Yeah. Um, don't you think God is like, okay, I get it. <laughs> she's yeah, grandma, exactly. He's like, all right, girls, all right. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. And I also love that now. You know, you're working with um, a lot of youth, and you're working yeah. you know, where you are, and I imagine mm-hmm. that you think about. Craig's obedience and yeah. um I imagine that you think about that quite a bit so that's really yeah
2: cool. yeah I always say like to him um you know we still chat because sometimes the youth pastor needs her youth pastor and um like these are all your like this is your inheritance like this is your spiritual mm-hmm. you know like grandchildren really wow yeah
0: that's a really cool way to think about it yeah yeah. And, and have there been, you know, people in your life like Craig, your grandmothers have, have there been testimonies or things that have had a big impact on you? You know, I loved what you were saying, Megan. It, it's just, you know, once you do become a Christian, your life changes, but it, it doesn't always become easier. Can you talk us through, you know, what it looked like after and, um, you know, just share any testimonies of, of people who have made a, a big impact or who have encouraged you as you've continued on your journey?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, what it looked like after was a mess, and <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, mostly because, um, you know, when you're 15 and you get saved and then you behave differently than you did before, it kind of puts a little wedge between your friends who aren't saved yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you and so that kind of distance started to happen and um, my youth group was pretty small you know we grew up in a town of four people and so the, <laughs> the youth group was really small and so we kind of became each other's friends in that time because it was a really incredible season and I look back on it now and and I just am so um, grateful to God for that for that time but it was hard um, because because of I was different than my generation at that point, you know, I was making decisions that my friends weren't making yet and understanding things about how I wanted to live my life that, um, maybe some other people hadn't come to to that knowledge or that understanding of that love that Jesus had for them yet and so that was weird but but because my best friend got saved at the same time I did like that is just not lost on me that is pure goodness right there we ended up going to college together we still talk every single day but that was such like yeah it was such a beautiful thing for us to kind of go through that thing together um so it wasn't it wasn't pretty but it wasn't ugly either you know it just was like all right this thing is messy and and you can't expect that god is you know he's going to show up for us we can't expect that but my life didn't become like miraculously amazing you know like it was a lot of work and a lot of hard work and honestly i had more questions after i got saved than before i got saved because then you're like in the bible learning all these things you're like wait 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 wait. what he did what (laughs) what so it was kind of fun, you know, season the rest of high school, but we had a great time. And then the testimonies, I think, in my life, I love this question um, that have been important or kind of pivotal for me. I mean, honestly, first is my mama, my mom's mom um, is I, I always joke around and say that she's the assistant to the Holy spirit, but like, I also might not be joking. Like I, I, I think maybe she is, and we just don't know, um, because she's so insanely good. Um, her life is so incredible and it should not have been. She grew up in a really chaotic household with an alcoholic mother, um, lots of different, visitors in and out of her house all of the time nothing really stable nothing that she could depend upon nothing that was solid for her and she has told us more and more stories as as we become adults as her grandchildren have become adults about her life as a child that are it just break my heart to even think of her in the positions that she was in and so if you looked at her life or if she was a kid in 2022, you would look at her life and say um, that that shouldn't turn out that way. She should be in the system. She should be, you know, in foster care. She should, um, you know, be whatever, not making any money and kind of living off of whatever. And, you know, just like being, whatever kind of chaotic in her own right Um, but she's not and she got saved and her whole life changed and she married a beautiful man my papa who is with jesus now and they have a million children and a million grandchildren and raised us on a farm and and just provided this really incredible life for us and she is the first person to point us to jesus no matter what the situation no matter what we're talking about it could be good weather or finance or hardship and she would ask us where is Jesus in it or where did you see it did you talk to the Lord today did you ask the Lord about that what did the Lord say to you and and so her testimony has been so incredible because it changed the trajectory of our family right Mm -hmm. like this matriarchal figure gets saved and so then she prays to the Lord and God works how he wants to work. And, and our family is a Christian family as a result of that. Um, so her testimony is just, I, I'm so grateful for it. And I don't think I would be saved if she wasn't, you know, like, I'm not sure. I don't know, you know, God can do whatever he wants, but <laughs> I just think it was um, so important that she made the decision she did when she did and raised her babies in church and that kind of thing. Um and then the other one is just my dad. I mean, he is just a gem of a human. I can't even talk so good about him. He is just so much good. The thing that is interesting about my dad's testimony, and maybe this will resonate with some people, is that he's super analytical, very logically minded, really loves facts, really loves numbers. Um, and he when he came to faith, um, after I did, actually, when he got saved, it kind of changed our family and it changed our relationship. And that's just been super fun um, to kind of walk with him through things and talk to him about things and see. He's so wise and so discerning that it's really fun um, to kind of, you know, bounce things off of him. And I am not incredibly analytical. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really nice. But I, I think it's cool that when God you know, can can grab a hold of someone that someone like my dad who is really analytical and does need a lot of facts. And those are the people who are like, yeah, Jesus was real and here's this was his life and here's what he did. I think it's really cool and and kind of powerful to other people in their worlds.
1: I love that so much. A lot of times in church when I see someone who's up speaking or singing and I feel like in some ways they're the opposite of me. I I just can't help but cry because (laughs) I think it's so, I feel like, you know, God is my savior and I know that he's my savior and I know how much that means to me. But then the fact that he's also this person's savior, God is so big and he understands me, but he also understands that person who, Yep. I, it would take me a long time to understand that person, you know, yes. and like where they came from and, and <laughs> how they think and why they think the way that they do. And so yes. I don't know. I just love that. And I've yeah. also been encouraging a lot of grandmothers recently, a lot yeah. of really um, a lot of, you know, I think a lot of people are going through really tough times and mm-hmm. a lot of grandmothers are just really in broken places with the Lord Yeah, um, and not, not that their relationship with the Lord is broken, but coming before the Lord broken for their grandchildren. Yes. And I have just been doing my best to really encourage them because those prayers and those things just mean so, 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 so much. So I love that you shared that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that God uses us in different ways than we might expect. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I know that you are a little bit of a creative yourself and you actually started a podcast. I don't know if you had always thought of started a po- starting a podcast or if that was something that just kind of came to you, but... Definitely tell us about that journey and tell us a little bit about it.
2: Yeah, so speaking of God using us in different ways than we expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my podcast is called Wife Me Up and it is the biggest pivot potentially of my life um, at <laughs> this point. You could have never paid me, like you could be like, you're gonna make $3 trillion a day and you're gonna have a podcast and I'd be like, no way, I'm not, I don't believe you. Um, yeah. But I do know. Because God just does what He wants to do, regardless of what we think about it, and so
1: regardless of the trillion dollars, <laughs> correct?
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly right. <clears throat> I was on a, a walk with a friend one day, and someone had kind of planted this podcast seed. This was the fall of twenty twenty. Um, I had planted this podcast seed after we had made 36,422 videos during the lockdowns of the pandemic, wow. And they were like, wow. listen, um, we've been watching all these videos, you know, you should consider this. And I like kind of laughed it off. Like people don't care what I have to say that much, like who cares. And then um, I started working with a kind of publishing company and organization who helps writers get published. And um, they were like, listen, if you want to get on a, get in on the podcasting world, which you should, um, you got to do it now. Like you have to do it before the first quarter of 2021, or like, you're never going to get in and you get lost in the sauce. There's so many now and blah, blah, blah. Like get in now's the time. Now's the time. And so I go on this walk with this friend one really sunny day in the fall and, um, came home and felt incredibly inspired creativity, creativity. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And for the next hour and a half, I just like visioned and brainstormed and it was not my ideas like these are just things that you're like oh that is smart and I am not that smart like that is not (laughs) that's not it so I I just put this whole bumper reel together and did all this stuff and I was like all right and I had a whole first season planned and half of it was written and I mean it was crazy the amount of creativity that I Got to experience in that time frame that day, and that was how I knew it was the Holy Spirit, just kind of like mm-hmm. guiding each step because i'm just i'm cool but I am not that cool and so <laughs> I went through kind of the process and I met with other podcasters, figured some stuff out. And um, yeah, so it's called Wife Me Up. And it's not about what you think it's about. I started hosting, I, I am very extroverted. I love having people in my house. And I love providing like a good time for people. So if I have people over, it's not going to be the fanciest, but it will be the most fun. And so like, <laughs> there's no linen napkins or champagne flutes, but you're gonna have a really good time. and you're gonna remember it. So I started um, a year, like a year prior to that, or maybe a couple months after kind of the lockdown, just inviting people over to be outside, to be together, to hang out. And I would make food and put it all on a board. And sometimes it was a charcuterie as a true millennial. And sometimes it was not. Sometimes I put street tacos on a board or a bunch of desserts on a board. I would make it really pretty. And I had friends over one night and I was like, this is, so I'm not married yet. And I was like, this is why I should have a husband. Like they would eat really well and they would be <laughs> fed and cared for. And I just don't understand why no one's wifing me up yet. Like, this is crazy. Like what, what the, all these men are missing out because I'm a catch and they need to know it. And so I posted jokingly, Amen. right? Thank yes. you. Yes. I put all the single boys listening. You can call me. So I <laughs> single, single men. Are actually
1: the primary
2: target of this podcast. Yeah, I figured that's who we were speaking to today. (laughs) Um, But maybe some sisters have a brother or a cousin. There you go. Anyway, so I posted these boards on my Instagram story and use the hashtag wife me up. And then like this little caption, I said what I said. And I just like put it out there and it got so much response. It was like stupid because people thought it was so funny. They're like, you're literally just making food and putting it out there in hopes that like what a man's going to show up at your door. And I was like, maybe he will. <laughs> don't limit God. Like, we don't you don't know, know that. What. We don't know what God can do. Like he parted seas. He can make Man show up at my house for a street taco board, whatever. So people laughed really hard. And then I gained like a stupid Instagram following over Wife Me Up with all these food pictures. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm just calling the podcast Wife Me Up because it came like kind of my like little brand. And people would like, I would see people in town, they'd be like, Wife you up. I'm like, that's right. Like, wife me up, somebody, let's go. And so (laughs) my friends would text, like, can we have a wife me up night? Which meant like, can you make us food? and put it on a wooden board and yeah. like, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure come over and I can give you a wife me up night so it just was really funny and um So it kind of started out as a joke and then morphed. And now we're at like 7,500 listeners and people love it. The content is really just kind of differing from season to season. But essentially the crux of, I was like, why do I like having people over, right? Like why is this fellowship and this time together so important to me? But it's really just creating something that other people enjoy that's what i like and that's like the bottom line of my life is everything that i do i want to create something that someone else gets joy out of and so that's the crux of wife me up is that i'm sharing all of these stories of people who are creating things that other people in the other people in the world enjoy so we're on our fourth season we have about 7500 listeners and it is the biggest pivot and the funniest different God moving in different ways than we expect of my entire life. I'll never, I'll never understand it, but I, I do like it.
0: That is so fun. What are some of your favorite topics that you've div- that you've dove into on the oh, podcast again? <laughs>
2: gosh, I can't even tell you. I had a um I've had some fitness instructors on that have been really fun because so imagine the interview and then like me in my living room trying to figure out how to do a squat correctly, you yes. know, like in the middle of the interview <laughs> like while we're chatting. Um I've had a uh, a functional medicine nutritionist on, so cool, and she had like talked about like gut Health and all things that just, I wouldn't even consider having these conversations prior to this. I'm just learning. I learned so much from every guest. It's really insane. Um, and yeah, just, so my absolute favorite of all time, you can guess maybe what I'm going to say is that I actually had my mama on and Aww. we talked Aww. about family. I live in a um, interracial family and it was at a time in our world where Um, race and still is you know a big topic Mm -hmm. and um, so I talked to my my mom about raising her kids and and her kids spouses and her grandkids and our family is very colorful and so what did that look like in 1970 1980 you know and all of these worse and and still things that are happening like they are today and and so that was probably my favorite is just talking about family with her
0: Wow. Well, I can't wait to go and listen to that. It sounds amazing. And, you know, as someone who has grown up in ministry, what's one piece of advice that you'd give a friend who's sitting on their couch and just wants to get to know God more and, and to have their own testimony?
2: I would just say to ask him, ask him to show up, ask him to that tell him that you want to know him more, ask him to move and he's going to do it. I think we spend a lot of time putting limits on a limitless God, saying he can only move in these ways, in these seasons, and these people, and none of that is true. He can always move in any way he wants, however he sees fit to win his kids into his kingdom. And so if you want a deeper relationship with God, if you want any relationship with God, if you want a testimony, ask him for it, and then just watch what he does.
1: Megan, I love that so much. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah. Thank and you for having me. I know you. that yeah. I know that there's so much more to you. And I know that um, you know, you just have just some awesome stuff. So for those of people who want to keep up with you and follow you, uh yeah. Tell us where we can find you tell us the best way for us to
2: do that. Yeah. I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, everything's the same. So on Instagram, it's just Megan E. Falk, F-A-U-L-K. And it's the same on Facebook, facebook.com slash Megan E. Falk. My website is Megan E. And those, those are the best ways. Instagram's my favorite, but yeah. Um, yeah it's just if you type like megan faulkner megan e faulkner wife me up it, it's just there it is for the world
1: <laughs> excellent excellent and you know where you can find us at nj spark co on instagram
0: and nj on the internet Thanks again for joining us today, Megan. Before we go, we we always love to share a verse. So um, today we're going to share a verse from Revelation, um, Revelation twelve eleven. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. Thank you again for sharing yours and um, just for being so open and and just for the wisdom that that you shared today, Megan. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah. And hope you guys have a great week. We will see you back here in two.